Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach David Bartke here. It's Thursday, August the 3rd, 2017. Continuing our ongoing exploration of The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. We have finished 8 out of 10 chapters. We're on chapter 9 this week. It's called The Secret to You. Uh, and uh, David, I have to ask you first off, what's your secret? <laughs> hey, Walt. <laughs> My secret... Well, I thought I would tell a, a law of attraction story from a client, oh, okay. um, and she she was uh, preparing to take the bar exam, and she really wanted it to go a certain way because you know there's all different parts to the exam, and so I did this process with her called segment intending, where she just intends in detail how she wants it to go. So she was saying things like, oh, I want to get there early, and I want the traffic to be flowing very easily, and I want to get a seat right by the door, and I want to finish the multiple choice question early. And she went through this whole list of things that she wanted, and we, you know, we did the process a few times, and of course, she practiced it on her own, and she took the bar this week. Mm. And I just spoke with her, and she was so excited because... Everything happened the way she segment intended it. Wow. And I was like, yeah, I was like so happy for her. And she was like, wow, this really works. I'm like, you know, so it's just another example. And she she got the seat by the door and she did finish the multiple choice questions about 15 minutes early. And she did great on her essay questions. And she was intending that every that everything would just come to, to her mind quickly when she had to come up with her answers. And it all went exactly how she did her segment intending. Now, of course, she had to know the subject matter. It's not like the law of attraction is going to give her the answers. <laughs> yes. Yes, she did study, but still, she had a little bit of, you know, because it was unknown. Like, you know, am I going to be too nervous where, like, I'm going to get, like, all flustered or whatever. Right. Um, but well, that's what we're really talking I, about there is how do you stay calm under pressure? And that's what she was using the, the law of attraction for, to help her stay in a calm, yes, balanced that's, state. Yes. That's the other thing that she was intending was, yeah, to be calm. And the other thing that she loved about it, and I, I actually love about that particular process, is it kind of takes away the mystery of it, and which which helps you feel more comfortable about whatever it is you're doing it on. Sure. Because it doesn't, it doesn't seem so unknown when you're pre-paving how you want it to go. Right, yeah. That makes a big difference. So very cool. All right, well, let's get to the book, um, The Secret to You. And as usual, Rhonda starts off with some quotes from some of her presenters slash gurus who were involved in the project and who appeared in the video and who are quoted in the book. Starting with Dr. John Hagelin, who says, when we look around us, even at our bodies, what we see is the tip of the iceberg. And Bob Proctor comes in next and says, think of this for a moment. Look at your hand. It looks solid, but it's really not. If you put it under a proper microscope, you'd see a mass of energy vibrating. And I have to put in a little uh, gotcha here because Bob was being metaphorical. He wasn't being literal. There are no microscopes, visually based microscopes, like electron microscopes, that can mm-hmm. visualize a small material large enough to see down to the energy level. They haven't got that far. You can you can imply it through other methods of measuring. There, there are other forms of microscopes, if you will, 
that they can use to to detect and measure energy at at the energy level but you can't see it so he was kind of taking a bit of a liberty there the way he said that but nevertheless Uh the point is valid the point is is terribly valid that the entire universe is made of energy and and I mean that that's Einsteinian in its in its uh, yeah. comprehension. Now Einstein was the one who taught us that that's the nature of the universe, and and it is now a basic part of science. So he wasn't really wrong; he just was kind of wrong the way he said it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just a little caveat we throw in there. Um, next yeah. comes John Asroth, and he says everything is made up of the exact same thing, whether it's your hand, the ocean, or a star, and that of course is energy. Dr. Ben Johnson says. Everything is energy, and let me help you to understand that just a little bit. There's the universe, our galaxy, and in the video, they're actually showing each of these things zooming down. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. our planet, and then individuals, and then inside of the body, our organ systems, and then cells, and then molecules, and then atoms, and then there's energy. So there are lots of levels to think about it, but everything in the universe ultimately is energy. That's a great concept, and and we have Albert Einstein to thank for it, but more so we have the the teachers of the Law of Attraction to help us understand how to use that energy. It's one thing to know that exists, another thing to actually put it to use for ourselves. Yes, and when they say energy, are they talking about vibration? They're talking about a vibrating medium that behaves like traditional energy and so they presume that it's energy yeah so is it spiritual energy is it physical energy what is it well i don't think we know enough about it yet to to be able to say for sure from a scientific perspective but i think everyone in the scientific circles agree there is some kind of energy going on there yes there doesn't seem to be any doubt about that Nobody's saying, oh, no, no, all this energy stuff is a bunch of bull. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. <laughs> so Rhonda writes, when I discovered the secret, I wanted to know what science and physics understood in terms of this knowledge, and what I found was absolutely amazing. One of the most exciting things about living in this time is that the discoveries of quantum physics and new science, as she calls it, are in total harmony with the teachings of the secret and with what all the great teachers have known throughout history. She says, I never studied science or physics at school, and yet when I read complex books on quantum physics, I understood them perfectly because I wanted to understand them. That's an interesting point. That's kind of similar to what your uh, your client did. She wanted to understand the law. She wanted to understand what it's going to take to pass the bar exam. And she wanted to, she wanted to with your help, to segment her experience of taking that exam in such a way that she would be ready for every single step along the way. She wanted yes. it desperately. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that kept her right, mm-hmm. focused right on what she needed to focus on. And yep. in, in a positive way, not in a negative way, not in terms of, oh, God, I can never get that. <laughs> right. Which, of course, you could do, and then you'd have that result. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, one of the reasons we do the show is to remind everybody, nope, that's the wrong path. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and she also ties into uh, various metaf- metaphysical concepts as well, um, finishing off this first section by saying, a, a quote from Charles Hanel, who back uh, over a hundred years ago said, the universal mind is not only intelligence, but it is substance. And this substance is the attractive force which brings electrons together by the law of attraction so they form atoms. I guess he didn't say this more than a hundred years ago. I must have his time frame wrong. Yeah. 
The atoms, in turn, are brought together by the same law and form molecules. Molecules take objective forms, and so we find that the law is the creative force behind every manifestation, not only of atoms, but of worlds, of the universe, of everything of which the imagination can form any conception. And Bob Proctor jumps in and says something that's kind of kind of catches your attention and kind of starts to bring the whole question of science and metaphysics together. He says, mm -hmm. to, be con to become conscious of this power is to become a live wire. He says, the universe is the live wire. It carries power sufficient to meet every situation in the life of every individual. When the individual mind touches the universal mind, it receives all its power. And in fact, he says at, at a different point in, in the book and in the movie that there is enough power in the human body to light a city for a month. Wow. Now, I'm not, I have to say, I've never really investigated where that's coming from, but what I suspect he's really referring to is the potential energy at the submolecular level. And mm -hmm. if there was a way to turn that, that submolecular energy into actual kinetic energy that we could send through the wires, there would be enough to power a city for a month. So, wait, so the next time there's a blackout in my house, I can just go to my electric box. The only problem is no one has figured out how to turn that kinetic energy, <laughs> that potential energy into kinetic energy. He's saying the potential the is there. Yeah. It doesn't mean that there's an yeah. actual you know, transceiver that will connect it over into the city. No, it doesn't work that way yet. But One day, perhaps. Cool if you but... could do that, that would be cool if you could do that. Like just touch the electrical box and all your power in your house will go back on as long as you're touching it. Yeah, that'd be interesting, <laughs> wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. that would be the end of blackouts. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The, the only That's blackout right. at that point would be that you're unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're talking about that kind of energy we're not saying that all of these the, the practical aspects of the problem have been resolved and that we are now all capable of you know fueling our own electrical needs for the next month and, and telling the electric company to go away that's not what we're saying what we're saying is that based on what scientists have discovered and based on what the metaphysical side of, of what the gurus teach we can conclude that there is an energy substance to the universe and that that energy substance becomes the thing that our thoughts act upon in order yeah. to attract what we want to attract into our lives simply by focusing mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm. That's the essence of the secret in a nutshell. Yeah, and that's, and that's why I think it's important, too, not to put limits on what we think we can have. Because if, if that's true, what they're saying, then anything is possible. We could manifest anything. Yeah, really the hardest part is convincing ourselves to trust that the big things can happen. Yes, yes. Most of right. us can, can kind of convince ourselves to try, you know, finding a f quick parking place nearby. Because you know, <laughs> there's such low risk associated with that. But that's the moment right. that we start talking about something that would actually be transformative, that's where we start mm -hmm. to get scared. That's right. It's like um, Esther Hicks with Abraham says, are you focusing? It's just as easy to to attract and manifest a button or a castle. But are you focusing on the button or the castle? Mm -hmm. And most people are focusing on the button because they don't think they can have the castle. Now, interesting thing along the same line that we're talking about. I saw an article, I want to say within the last month. I can't remember for sure when I saw it. I can't even tell you where I saw it. Unfortunately, I didn't make a note of it at the time. I wish I had, but I didn't. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the article basically... Um, took the premise that the law of attraction is a bunch of BS. 
And it said, in essence, it would be wonderful if we could just, with our minds, influence the universal energy and get it to produce whatever it is we want to produce in our lives. But the article claimed, in reality, that's not the way reality works. And you know what my first reaction was when I read that? My first reaction was, well, for you it's true, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, but whoever wrote that article, that's what they're experiencing. That's, that's what that's they're thinking. Yeah, that's precisely what they're going to experience. The moment that mm -hmm. they, they adopt that viewpoint is the moment that it becomes true. And, and, and it, it, this isn't backhanded. This is it, It's literally true for that person. Yes. It, it isn't like yes. we're, we're saying that just to give them a little quick slap. That's not it. Right, right. No, the law of attraction is a law. It's solid. It's not like maybe. It's so so that, if that's what they're putting out vibrationally, that's what they're going to experience. They're automatically putting a limit in place that will not be removed as long as they maintain their viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the key thing to understand. That's what you were referring to a few moments ago. You were saying that it all comes. What, what this whole concept of of energy, universal energy, teaches us is that the only limit is our own imaginations. Yep. Yep. Which we've heard since we were kids, even before we heard about the law of attraction. We've all heard that, that the only thing that limits us in our lives is our imaginations. So it's actually part of popular culture. Yes, and the, op the opposite is true, too. A lot of people grow up in homes where, you know, the, the parents have a lot of limits. So they kind of inherit that way of thinking without even realizing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we pass along limitations to our children, to <laughs> children in our communities who aren't even our children, to, you know, yeah. I mean, it, we just do it effortlessly and we do it without limit. <laughs> I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And it's amazing how often it happens. One, one of the things that I like to focus on a lot here, and I know you do too, is positivity and, and avoiding negativity. And we've observed on numerous occasions just how prevalent negativity is in our society. When, when we're saying that, when we're saying that negativity is prevalent, what we're saying is people are putting limitations all over the place. Yes, yes. Those limitations yep. are what are holding everyone back. They're holding themselves yeah, back. They're holding even, the people who they follow. They won't even them. dare. They won't even dare to think about things beyond what they think they could have. Right. Right, and it's everybody who buys into it. It's not just the person who's saying them. It's everybody who's listening and saying, yeah, 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 and nodding their heads. <laughs> Anytime yeah. that you're nodding your head at something negative, you are affirming the negativity in your own life. Mm -hmm. Every time mm -hmm. you are applauding somebody. I, I saw this in a – I'm a, a sports fan in a very limited way. Um, I, I like the hated Yankees because I grew up with them, and I'm a UConn fan because I live in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And I was reading a, a Yankees blog – in which there was a fan who was basically talking about one of the Yankee players in a backhanded fashion. It was he, he intended it to be teasing, you know. Right. He, he's like, you know, and he, he was trying to sell it as if, well, it's a friendly kind of teasing, you know. And I wrote back to him, "No, you don't understand. Not only is focusing on negativity, even while you're pretending that it's positive, still focusing on negative." But mm -hmm. you're attracting that into your own life. Mm -hmm. you, you're you're not just impacting that player or other fans. You're impacting yourself in ways that you don't even understand. <laughs> in fact, I think if you did understand, you wouldn't do it anymore. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But, you know, that that's just one little tiny example. And, and, and I'm sure we could all find millions of them just from our own lives because we run into them every day all the time. Mm -hmm. But people mm -hmm. actually... 
The, the people, especially in popular culture, enjoy focusing on negativity. Mm. They, they, they enjoy focusing on negative situations. And that's what most people chat about with their friends and coworkers, and they're talking about, complaining about, and it's just, how about doing the opposite, you know? Share with everybody what you want. That's, it's how, you want how you want things to go. That's, and that's what we should be doing. That's what we should all be doing. It's also an explanation as to why those of us who try to do it more consistently find ourselves failing at times. Because we are very influenced by our culture. So mm -hmm. one of the big challenges, and I kind of talk about this one a lot from a variety of different angles. One of the big challenges is to learn to be consistent, to learn yes. to stay consistently on the positive side. I had plenty of opportunities with that this week. I can't say I passed them all. Right. What I can say is that I focused, whenever I, whenever I noticed that I was focusing wrongly, and by wrongly I right. mean focusing on negative stuff, Yes. I, I have become very attuned now very quickly to how the negative stuff comes back to me. Mm -hmm. I am mm -hmm. really aware of it now. I, I was actually experiencing a full day of it on, I think it was Wednesday of last week. Right. And, and on that Wednesday, it was just, I could, I, I was in the midst of negative things. I was feeling negative. I was feeling slightly angry about stuff going on. And I could, I could actually feel myself attracting more yeah. in instances more situations to feel angry about so i could continue to feel angry wow and then how did how did you get yourself out of that into a better place i walked away mm -hmm. literally i got up and and went out and took a walk to just get out of that room yeah yeah because once i recognized that was going on in a big, big yeah. way i knew i had to break the cycle and and yeah. i didn't have any great you know, guru ideas on, oh, I think I'll meditate on, you know, this particular thing because that always works for me. No, I just got out of there. <laughs> I just but walked the away from it. <laughs> yeah, the, the important thing is you took action to, yes. change, to change the vibration. And yeah. quickly, I might add. <laughs> I wanted to get yes. out of it. Yes. <laughs> I didn't like that place. It, and it's not like I had any magic answer because I didn't. I didn't have any. I, I could not, when I was in that space, for that moment in time, I could not think how it was to think positively. Yeah, yeah. So, but even so, you still. So I had to break it. I had to break the pattern. Positive action. Yeah. Yes. Even the positive action, just key. walking away, that's it's still key. positive. It is yeah. the key. Yeah. It's it's the key, and it's. It, I guess that's the magic trick, really. <laughs> well, it's the key. Like you know, we're not robots, so of course sometimes we'll find ourselves in a more negative, lackful way of thinking. But the difference is, well, then are we taking action to improve it or not? And hopefully, we are. And that is true. That, that's exactly what we're hoping for. Now, as this chapter goes on, it really starts to get into the metaphysical. And one of the most challenging, if you will, aspects of the metaphysics, for me anyway, mm. is the concept of one energy field and how many people equate that to one consciousness or one supreme mind, one creative source, one God, whatever you want to call it. And I have to tell you, for me, there's a little bit of a challenge in there because, so? well, I certainly buy into the idea that there's one energy field, mm -hmm. but I also buy into the idea that we are individuals. We are individuals on the one hand, but we're all part of the same energy field. We come from the same energy field, but we are all distinct. You mean like source energy? Is source energy, talking about? right. Yeah. Source yeah. energy. Yeah. Because we're, we're equating source energy, spiritual energy, if you want to call it that, with the physical energy field. We're saying that they are one and the same. The secret, 
the book certainly makes that that claim, mm-hmm. and I support that one too. I, I presume you're kind of on the same wavelength on that one, also. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now that we've established that as our foundation, what is the spiritual side like? What you know is is that is there one supreme mind on that side? Is there God, if you will, and what is the nature of that God? And that one gets a little bit sticky for me because since we are all part of that source, but we are also unique individuals. We are both. It creates a conundrum. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, mm-hmm. we're part of the whole. On the other part, we're distinct from the whole. That, that, that's a little bit mind-bending all by itself. But then I, we're detached from it, though. Like, we're, in, we're individual energies that are all attached to the source. Yeah, we're all, you can't detach, in fact. Which right. leads me to the whole question about a god. Because mm-hmm. most, most religions... I think all religions actually uh, project the idea of at least one God. Mm-hmm. Usually it's one. There are a few religions that have multiple gods, but, but the, the modern religions, let's call them that focus on one God and mm-hmm. that one God, all the religions in one form or another, I'll express it the way Christians do, but really all of them do a kind of a similar thing. They all project the idea of people being what Christians call in sin, meaning turned away from God. Mm-hmm. disconnected, if you will, from God. And that's where they start to lose me. Because you can never disconnect from source. You are always a part of source. So am I. We are always part of that one common energy. Yes. The whole yes. idea of being able to turn away from it is, in my view, relatively akin to a two-year-old covering his eyes and saying, you can't see me. Yes, it's interesting. Have you heard of um, Iyanla Van Zandt? I know the name, but I have not listened to him, no. She's a oh, wonderful, oh, okay. uh, yeah, it's a she. She's a wonderful, um, you know, inspirational speaker, and she goes around and helps, you know, helps people from a life coach point of view. And, and she said about source energy that when when someone feels lonely or someone is in a state of anger or upset, then there's, they've just forgotten that they're always connected to source. Because when she would say, when you really feel that connection, you just kind of live life from a different point of view. Like you're not angry, you don't feel lonely. You just handle things in a different way. And she was conveying that to this um, family. It was just so interesting because it's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah, um, I mean, even that, I, I, I fully appreciate what she's saying and I think I agree with her. But even that, I have a little bit of a problem with it. The idea that you can in some way turn away from it. You really can't. Just as the little kid can't be not seen by covering his eyes, so you can't ever really turn away from the source. The most you can ever hope to do is to convince yourself that you're not connected. And even then, it's only going to be temporary (laughs) because eventually you're going to realize you're connected anyway. Yes. So so again, I kind of like I kind of like what you said that sometimes we forget that we are always connected. Yeah. And those time and those times we can get into this mode where we forget and then we feel lonely and down and out and all that kind of thing. Now, there do seem to be people, and she probably is one of them, who apparently, based on what they're saying, they can feel the difference between, quote, being connected, and unquote, and, quote, being yeah. disconnected, unquote. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm not sure I've ever detected a difference in feeling other than a difference of, of emotional feeling. It just it yeah. emotionally doesn't feel so good. But mm-hmm. the more that I've tried to focus on what does it feel like to be connected well, at first I couldn't feel anything. I didn't know what I was. Mm-hmm. 
now I, I, I've thought about the whole concept long enough and explored it enough that I'm realizing there there's a feeling that I have inside of me. And I, I'm not quite sure how to describe it. It's a continuity feeling. It's continuous. Like when you feel that you are connected, you mean? I feel it at all times. Yeah. It's, I never not feel it. The most that I can do is ignore it. But it's all, but I, the feeling is always there. And, and what does it feel like? It just... It, the closest thing I can come to describing what it feels like is a light bulb. If a light bulb is on, mm-hmm. it's continuously on. The mm-hmm. light is just always on. So what, what does a light always on feel like? Well, it's always on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so what does that feel like? Well, it just it's always on. That's what it feels like. That, that's what source energy inside feels like to me. It's just always on. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, this, it's this continuous presence, if you will, within myself, except that it's not... It's not an outside presence. It's not like it's a. Right. It's not like it's God inside me. It's not like it's some spirit who's taken over. You know, some evil spirit mm-hmm. that's taken over my body. It, it's <laughs> that me. It's, evil. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's it's me connected to source energy. It, it's the rest of me, if you will. Um, yeah. One of the analogies I like to use to describe the whole thing about physicality versus spirituality is you, you know, especially along the New Jersey Shore, but in other places too. On the shoreline, they have these these little walls with pictures on them and holes for hands and faces and so forth. And so you right. can go up and you can put your face in it and your hands in it and whatever, and your friends can take a picture of you and it looks like you're yeah. a person in a yeah. scene you know, doing a certain thing. That, to me, is my analogy of physical. What you mm-hmm. see on, on the side that's got the pictures and so forth, that's the physical side of you. The rest of you is sticking out the back. Mm-hmm. That, that to me, is how I understand physical and spiritual. The rest of me is is in the spiritual part. And, yeah. and that's kind of what I'm feeling inside. I'm feeling the rest of me, so to speak, connected over on the other side of the field or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to me, like, the best way I can explain it, how I can define it right now, is it kind of, for me, just feels like, pure positive energy like just pure positive yeah, yeah it feels very positive and and it, it's 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 huh, what's the word i'm looking for it's it, it feels good it makes you feel safe yes yes you know yeah it, it, it's so constant and it never goes away and you can count on it yes you know it never deceives you it never that, that feeling never changes for the worse yeah, like even when I just tell myself, I feel so connected to source energy. Like it just, I can just feel like a positive kind of rush go through my body for a second. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I'm feeling it right now. I'm feeling it as we're talking because I'm focused. Ooh. You know. Well, yeah. Yes. It, it took me the longest time to realize that I'd always felt it, and that's what I was mm-hmm. feeling. You know, I, yeah. I always knew something was, some experience was there. I right. just, for the longest right. time, I didn't think it was spirit. For the longest time, I, I didn't think it was energy. I just, it was just, you know, it was a feeling. <laughs> it was it was ephemeral. <laughs> Except it wasn't ephemeral. It never went away. And that was my clue. It wasn't ephemeral. It yeah. didn't go away. Yeah. It's always there. One of the things that makes life interesting from the point of view of many gurus is that we have the opportunity to choose between what we like and what we don't like, between positive mm-hmm. and negative, between dark and light, and so on and so forth. And that it's the contrast that makes life interesting. Yeah. If you take that a yes. step further, what that implies is that if, if you have constancy, it's hard to discern it. Because mm-hmm. in order to discern it, you have to see what its opposite is or what it's contrasted with or whatever. 
And this this energy, this this feeling inside doesn't have a contrast. So no wonder we don't pay any attention to it. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That it's that's the way I'm saying it. That, that's why it took me so long to recognize what it was. Because mm-hmm. I did I didn't have something to contrast it with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The closest I can come to contrasting it, like I said before, the, the closest I can come to describing what it's like to not be connected, which I really can't do, is right. I can focus on negative feeling. Because negative feeling feels quite different from it. Positive feeling feels just like it. That, that yeah. feeling inside yeah. feels just like positive feeling. So when you're feeling good, it feels just like that thing inside. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. when you're not feeling good, when you're feeling negative in some way, it feels different from that thing inside. So that's the only yeah. way I can, I can contrast <laughs> it. You see what I mean? Yes, it is. Like, I haven't heard many people talk about what source energy feels like within them. So I think it's good that we're talking about it. I can't say I've heard anybody talk about it in depth. Um, yeah. Probably because, what do you talk about? <laughs> how, how do you talk about <laughs> But I think thing? that's what you talk about is, because a lot of people use it, source energy. You're always connected to source energy. But I, you're right. I haven't heard anybody say, well, what does that feel like when you feel that you're connected to source energy, when you when you are aware of that? Which I think is one of the, the things missing from the way the secret and law of attraction are often taught. Mm-hmm. They, they all talk mm-hmm. about how you should be able to feel the connection. Well, I couldn't at first because I didn't know what to, what to feel for. How do you know? You know? Yeah, like, what are you talking about? And the best clues they can give you is, well, if you're feeling good, then you're connected. Right. Which didn't quite yeah. explain it. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that I have the understanding I've, I've achieved so far, now it makes more sense to hear that. But at first, well, yeah. I don't feel good all the yeah. time. So what does yeah. that mean? It went away? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Does that mean I no, lost my true. connection? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're always connected. Is it time to reboot? <laughs> <laughs> so that's why, yeah, I think it's great that we're actually trying to define what that feels like. What, what does it feel like to you? Have you ever looked at that, explored that? Well, like I said before, like it, to me it just feels like pure positive energy. Like when I just have a feeling of excitement and I don't even know what I'm excited about, that's kind of like, how I feel like, oh, I'm really connected in an aware way to source energy right now. Yeah, that's true, just, because because when we're feeling that excitement level, where do we feel it? What's the location yeah. of it? It's in well, that place. Well, for me, it's kind of, yeah, it's just kind of in my solar plexus, like in the middle of yeah. my stomach. Just, I just feel this, like, exciting ex- feeling of excitement, and it just feels like really good like there's like rainbows bursting all over my body (laughs) 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 or something like that i don't know no i think that's a reasonable description that's how i would describe it because i think it's great that we're trying to do that because you're right i haven't heard anyone say well this is kind of what it feels like for me another thing that i have discovered in the course of exploring all this stuff is that there is a chunk of of that I don't know another way to describe it except to say a chunk maybe mm-hmm. a better way would be to say an aspect mm-hmm. that's a little bit closer doesn't still doesn't feel quite right there's a piece no aspect is closer there's an aspect of that that I had wrongly understood to be something wrong with me mm-hmm. for the longest time I had and still occasionally have, I can even feel it right now, for lack of a better term, I had a knot in my stomach. Mm-hmm. 
and it, I didn't really have a knot there, but that's the best way I can think of to describe it. And right. it would be uncomfortable. And it wouldn't go away. And I kept wondering, why Why do I have this? I, I got medical tests. You know, I was diagnosed as having irritable bowel syndrome. Uh-huh. I, I had all this uh-huh. stuff going on. It took me the longest time to realize that's actually my true source energy field. And when it's feeling bad, it's because I'm focusing on the negatives. It isn't that the field itself feels bad. It's that I'm layering a negative feeling on top of it. And I'm interpreting right. that as if the field is causing the negativity, which it's not. Mm-hmm. 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 So for someone who hasn't felt source energy or they haven't think they have felt it, like, what would you say? Well, well the, here's kind of when you know you're feeling it. Well, the, the first you thing feel, that I would say your is... connection to it. Yeah, the first thing I would say is... You actually do know what it feels like. You just have never made the association. Yes, exactly. Yes, because every, everyone's felt excitement before. Everyone's felt happy before. Everyone's felt good before. And so. it's easy to, to, to figure out what those feelings are because we know what the opposite feelings are. So, so mm-hmm. those are easy to identify. It, it's the constant stuff, the, the stuff that always feels the same, that we very often learn to distrust. I think a lot of people distrust their own inner core without realizing they're distrusting their own inner core. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You probably see that a lot in your practice, I would think. Yeah, sometimes, yep. And sometimes people don't know, like, maybe they're excited for some reason and it might scare them. Like, I don't have a reason to be excited right now. Why am I feeling excited? Like, mm. and then no one's ever told them, but that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good thing. It's okay. That's a good thing. Stay there. Stay there, <laughs> <You> right. <know? laughs> Don't be afraid of it. It's good. <laughs> and it can take a while to get back to feeling good about it, especially if we have painted it with some sort of a negative association. Mm-hmm. Because now mm-hmm. we have to undo what we painted on in the first place before we can actually say, oh, yeah, there it is. I can mm-hmm. accept that. I can accept that as, as me. That's part of me. That's me extending into the beyond. <laughs> in fact, Lisa Nichols has an uh, interesting quote in, the, in uh, this chapter. She says, we often get distracted with this thing called our body and our physical being, but that just holds your spirit, and your spirit is so big it fills a room. You are eternal life. You are God manifested in human form made to perfection. Your spirit is so big it fills a room. That's interesting. an interesting concept. Yes. And by the way, that has a, a physics and a science concept to it as well. Believe it or not. I know mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like it on the surface. It sounds like pure metaphysics. But there is right. actually a scientific aspect to that. I've I made allusion to this in the past, but I'll bring it up again. Scientists who study the nervous system have been able to track what happens from the moment you experience a thought of some kind to the moment that it, it, a thought of some kind about a part of your body, particularly a part where you're diseased or something like that. Right, right. And they can track from the moment you have that thought to the moment that the energy passing through the nervous system works its way to that part of the body and produces some kind of result, positive or negative, depending on what you're, what you're feeling. But the point right. is they've been able to measure the speed limit of the nervous system. Wow. And the speed limit of the nervous system is pretty slow. It, I mean, if, if it's far enough away, nervous system-wise, so to speak, it can take three or four seconds for the signal to get there. 
And it really can't deliver the signal any faster than that. And but yet, that's pretty fast, right? It, well, it is in one sense, but it's also pretty slow in another sense. I mean, <laughs> right now you're sitting um, probably at a desk or a table or something, and you're talking to me. I don't know if you're actually holding a phone or if you've got a microphone in front of you or if you've got a headset on or whatever. But the point yeah. is you're sitting there, and if somebody were to put a cup of coffee onto the table next to you while you're talking to me, without a second thought, you could just reach over and grab it. And it wouldn't take three and mm. a half seconds. <laughs> yeah. See what I'm saying? And that's yeah. actually a pretty slow interaction. I mean, if you're an athlete, you can do interactions like that, you know, in a, in a blink of mm -hmm. an eye. Mm -hmm. So here's the question. If it takes that long, if it takes three or four seconds to get from the brain where the thought is held to the part of the body that you're trying to influence, like, you know, picking up the foot to start running, right. how do you take off in an instant? How do you get the process going before the nerve ha nervous system has the opportunity to deliver the signal to that part of the body? Because we do it all the time. Right. We, we, right. we can instantly react to anything we want to. We don't have to yeah. think about it. It's not like, okay, I'm going to read the screen now. Okay, send out the signal to the eyes. Turn the <laughs> eyes on. Oh, now I can see the screen. It's not the way it works. What, the way it works is, I'm going to look. There it is. No, no time loss. It's instantaneous. Mm -hmm. So how does that happen? It blows the whole theory that the brain working through the nervous system is what's guiding the whole body. Because it can't. <laughs> it's not physically possible. So then what is? Well, that's the magic question, isn't it? It's the million-dollar question. It's <laughs> a question that... the answer. <laughs> well, I know, I know pieces of the answer. I don't know the whole answer. Yeah. But... I do know researchers who have kind of thought about that question, including researchers right. who had very serious scientific careers, one of whom I've mentioned before. Her name is Dr. Candace Perch. She died just a few years mm -hmm. ago, but she was a major researcher in the field of um, endocrines and um, um, nervous system interaction through um, peptides and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, she, she was one of the discoverers of, of the major um, substances in the body like uh, dopamine and uh, um, the various endocrines and the hormones and all. I mean, she, she played a major role in a lot of those discoveries in the 1970s and 1980s. She postulates that a large portion of that decision-making that I talked about, where you see something, you just grab it, you don't have to wait three and a half seconds before your hand can right. get down there. A lot yeah. of that happens in the gaps between the nerves. Hmm. Because those gaps are where they find those peptides that I mentioned. And the, the peptides, I don't know, I don't remember the exact mechanism. It's been a while since I read the book. But those peptides actually produce a field that they can measure. And huh. her suggestion is that that field ties into this much larger field that you know, gurus and Eastern philosophers and so forth tell us we all have this aura field. And, and they can actually measure that aura field now. I mean, scientists are able to detect uh, energy around us. So there is, there is a field going on there. That, she projects, that's, she, she suggests, is where the intentional thought processes take place. And uh -huh. through some method that we don't fully understand yet, that's how the signal is sent instantly from your mind to your hand to pick up the, the, cup, the cup of coffee without waiting three and a half right. seconds for the signal to get there. Right. Right. So I mean, when, it makes sense uh, and, uh, when you think about it, but I don't know. So when Lisa Nichols says your spirit is so big it fills a room, that's what I think about. Mm-hmm. 
I think about that field that very likely is where our brain really is. The brain, as it turns out, may not actually be the center of thought. The center of thought may be this field around us. And Uh because we, in a sense, exist in our brains, because that's where our, our, uh, our eyes see from, that's where our ears hear from. So we, we are sort of associated with that being the center of where we are in a sense. Um, that kind of leads to the theory that the brain is what's guiding everything. But Mm -hmm. what if that's just the illusion of, you know, having senses where they are? What if the brain is actually in a wider space? What if our, our spirit is so big, it fills the room and the spirit is where the brain actually exists, where where Mm -hmm. the thought process actually exists. Yeah, that kind of goes back to what we talked about in the last show a little bit about the unseen. Like there's things going on that we can't see. Right. Oh, yeah. Because science hasn't been able to to detect more than just what we've described here. That's as far as Dr. Perk got with her career. Others, of course, are continuing the exploration, even though she's passed on to the next world. Um, But, you know, we have the point is we have more to learn from a physical scientific perspective of how this whole thing works. Nevertheless, through what the metaphysical side of life has taught us through the the, the mystics and the psychics and the gurus and the the religionists Uh and so forth, they've told us for the longest time that there is more to us than just the physical and that Uh our spirits do fill a room and our spirits are where everything happens. And it's, it's looking more and more like the two realms are coming together, coming together and saying, they're both talking about the same thing. Yes. There's that expression where we're uh, spiritual beings having a physical experience. Yes. I like like that. that. I love that one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that really describes it nicely because phys- spiritual beings have a, having a physical experience eliminates a lot of really negative baggage. First of all, it eliminates the idea of an all-seeing God who we all report to. <laughs> you know, who, who we can sin against and who hands out punishments and rewards and you know, all that just goes away. Yeah. It just doesn't yeah. work with the metaphor anymore. But what do you what do you think all this has to do with death because some people say well everyone's tombstone should really just say to be continued because even <laughs> though the physical even though the physical is dying the spiritual just continues so sometimes i think about that's you know that's interesting there are a lot of interesting ways to look at it um and i've talked to some very interesting people including guests on the show who had mm-hmm. some fascinating insights on on what the other side is like because that's really what we're asking what is the other side like you know and uh, on the one hand we could argue that none of us really know on the other hand we could listen to people who have told us that they think they do know and what they have to say about it one of my favorites is a guy who i had on my first year of doing the podcast i did it twice and then i've had him back since then about a year and a half ago something like that Mm -hmm. his name is david bennett i think i told Mm -hmm. you about him Um, David is the one who had two near-death experiences, and in those near-death experiences, he accumulated a lot of what we would have to describe as subjective experience about what the other side is like. And Uh from the way he describes it, it's very similar to what I've heard from other people who claim to have some sort of insight to the whole thing, which is is? that death is not actually much of an experience in terms of anything traumatic or anything like that. The only trauma right. happens leading up to before you die. Right. But, but, they, but the actual death experience is just, it's, it's almost like you just woke up. Right. 
You know, right. one moment you're in physical form, the next moment you're not. You continued throughout that entire process. You you didn't blink out and blink back in. Right. You, you continued right. to be. So, um, one thing that you see sometimes in the movies, kind of, I think, perhaps describes it pretty nicely. You see a body, like uh, we saw this in the movie Ghost. You remember that one, Whoopi Goldberg? Yeah. 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 And, and and one of the characters would die and then all of a sudden like a ghost of that person would get up from the yeah. body and look at his body like, "Oh, what happened here?" <laughs> <laughs> yes. That yeah. that to me is the best um visual presentation I've ever seen of what it's probably like to die. But I always wonder like how like the mediums that can talk to people that have passed on and they, you know, they're they, like the Long Island medium has that TV show. Have you ever yeah. seen her? Oh, yeah. And like, you know, she's like, oh, uh, your uncle's coming through and he wants you to know thank you for the ring you got him. Yeah, right. And the, <laughs> and the person, oh, my God, I did get him a ring. Like, like where is that purse? Where is she getting her information from? Is it just messages she's getting or? My, my wife loves that, that show. She, she loves watching Teresa. Um, and yeah, Teresa yeah. herself has actually described what her process is on the show, but... In a nutshell, she's getting images. She's getting pictures. And she has learned to treat certain pictures as being symbolic in certain ways. And she'll right. even say that during right. some of these readings. So if she sees a certain picture of such and such, it means so-and-so to her. And she's got this this catalog, if you will. So it's like a language she's learned in a sense. Right. A, a picture-based right. language that tells her what people are trying to tell. So, but so if we continue though, then like, are you continuing as Walt Thiessen? Like, as I understand, like, and how long do you how for how long, and then what happens? And like, there's so many unknown questions. Well, 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 it's an interesting question. What is Walt Thiessen? Um, and part of the answer for me is another understanding that I achieved just recently, which is where the subconscious mind lives. And believe mm-hmm. it or not, this is this is part of my answer to your question, so bear with me. Okay. But where does the subconscious mind live? I mean, since Freud first postulated the idea of the subconscious mind, it's a question that people in psychology circles have debated and discussed and never come to a real conclusion on. But I recently read another work by a researcher who suggested that the subconscious mind is actually stored in the body. Uh-huh that all of the aspects of the subconscious are actually manifested physically in the body. So when you die, you're essentially leaving your subconscious mind behind. And that's what maybe like some of these, like Teresa's tuning into that maybe? Possibly. I think what she's tuning into is the conscious mind, which is what Mm -hmm. we were just describing earlier as the mind that fills the room, the spirit. Right. I think what happens is when we die, we leave the body behind. So we leave the subconscious mind and all that's left is the conscious. Mm -hmm. And the conscious, ideally, is where we're storing the memories that we acquired in life. So the memories persist, but they don't persist on a subconscious level anymore. Because the subconscious got left behind with the body. And then I wonder, like, if there is reincarnation, do, do we take from a previous lifetime, any fear, worry, and doubt into the new lifetime? Like, from like a law of attraction point of view, like, do we come in already with a certain amount of fear, worry, and doubt, or not? 
Well, I've often asked myself a more basic question, a fundamental one, which is, do I want to come back? Right, right. <laughs> Sometimes I say to myself, <laughs> hell no, I don't have anything to do with this place. And yet other times I realize there's so much beauty here. I mean, mm-hmm. that was one of the great Abraham Hicks answers one time. What is it? Why, why is it that people would want to come back to a place like this? Why would people want to be born? Why would they want to go through all the trials yeah. and tribulations that we go through? Why would we want to go through all, and live in all the negativity and deal with all that junk? Why would we want to do that? And the answer is because we get to smell the coffee. We get to see the blue of the sky. We get yeah. to, to love yeah. the sound of the baby laughing. We get to, yeah. we get to enjoy all the physical senses in a way that you can't really enjoy when you're just on the spiritual side. You need to have that physical connection in order to fully appreciate the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why do we come back? I think that's why we come back, to keep experiencing that. To keep experience- yeah. This is all about what you said earlier. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience. Why have a physical experience? Because it's, it's enjoyable <laughs> to feel and to experience the sensory side of physical existence. Yes, yes. So, of course, we keep coming back. Now, the real question in my mind is, is that mentally healthy? <laughs> I'm not 100% sure on that one. But, <laughs> but I think it goes, it, again, from a law of attraction point of view, then, are we allowing ourselves to have fun and enjoy, like all the things you were talking about, or are we blocking ourselves from doing that? And that's the choice we have every single day. That's yeah. what gives us the ability to become LOA masters. Yes, actually, every I always end my coaching sessions in a certain way, and one of the things I always ask someone is, what are you going to be doing in the next few days to have some fun? Mm. Yeah. Because I always want to remind people, like, hello, that's, like, one of the reasons why we're here. Like, we want to enjoy. Which, by the way, is identical to feeling gratitude. Mm -hmm. LOA gurus love to talk about how important it is to feel grateful about stuff in your life. Well, feeling grateful about stuff in your life is another way of saying appreciating the experience of your senses. Mm-hmm. But just, but just allowing yourself to have fun is just like a high vibration experience. It is a high vibration experience. It's where we enjoy this stuff so but much. I don't have anything fun planned in yeah. the next few days. You know? And so. I'm like, well, what can you think of? It doesn't have to be something you know major. Like, you, you could watch a movie you enjoy or... Have dinner with a friend you enjoy being with. Like, just something. Like, it's always important to remember to do something fun. Well, major doesn't really have anything to do with it, does it? What, has, what it has to do with is, is it enjoyable? Yes. Do you like yes. it? But no, but, that's some, but some people connotate that with, like, oh, something fun. I have to do something big to be fun. Like, no, you don't have to. You can do, do something enjoyable at home. Not that, that there's enjoy. anything wrong with doing something big to have fun. That's great. It's all good, yeah. Yeah, it's just you don't have to limit yourself to that. Right. So it's just it's always good to remind ourselves, like, what fun thing are we going to have planned? You know, do something fun. Because like, like, you're saying part of the reason why we're here is we wanted to experience that. We wanted to experience joy and happiness and laughter. And, and not just what's know. going to happen. What's happening right now? Because yeah. literally we can't live in the future. But we can, we can live in, in what's going on right now. We can't even live in the past. We often try to. <laughs> Many of us try to become experts at living in the past. But, but we really can't live in the past. We can only really live right now. So yeah. what's going on right now that you can enjoy? What's going on right now that you can feel good about? What's going on right now that is a sensory experience worth 
experiencing. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that if there's something going on sensory-wise that you don't like, that you have to focus on it. It just means there's almost certainly something else going on that you could focus on instead. That's why when I was having that really bad day, what did I do? I walked away because I wanted to focus on something different. Yes, that's right. That's right. I wanted to focus on something that felt better. I didn't even know what it was going to be. <laughs> but I knew if I just walked out the door, yeah. something was going to be, something was going to grab my attention and say, oh, that looks nice. Yes, yes. That's sparkly. <laughs> That's what we're looking for, right? The little sparkly things to catch our attention. <laughs> yeah, sparkly things are good. <laughs> well, the first step is what? Notice that they are there. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have mm-hmm. to wait for them. It's not like they're going to show up tomorrow, but they're not here today. They're here today. You there's, just have to be willing yeah, to, to look for them. Yeah, there's always something you can find. Yeah, there's always something you can find to appreciate. Right. Yeah. That's the art form. That's what uh, I, I talked about how... It's the person who knows how to focus on that stuff. That's who becomes the master. That's how you do it. Mm -hmm. You master it moment by moment. Mm -hmm. You don't master it tomorrow. (laughs) Right. What a crazy concept. (laughs) I will master this tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) What's the phrase Joel used to to use? That uh, um, yesterday's beyond our control and tomorrow wasn't promised. (laughs) And it's true. So it's all about now. It's all about now. Yeah. So... Okay, we're here. We're in, we're having we're, we're spiritual beings have a physical experience. What's cool right now? Mm-hmm. Lots mm-hmm. of things actually. There, there's a lot of cool stuff that goes on moment by moment if yep. you're willing to see it. Yep. You got to be willing. Yep. You got to be willing to at least give it a shot and say there's got to be something. Even if I can't see it right now, it's got to be there. I used to have to take some sort of action to break the spell of this negative junk I'm dealing on so I don't focus on it anymore so I can give myself the opportunity to see it or to hear it or to feel it or to smell it or to taste it. Yes, yes. Just to recognize there's something in your environment you can focus on that you appreciate. And if you can't even find a sense that that feels good because all the senses are being deprived of you right now, you're, you're only being fed negativity on every single sense wavelength, then feel inside. Mm-hmm. Because that's, like we were talking about, that stays constant. That doesn't go away. Yes. So if mm-hmm. you can't focus on anything else, go inside and focus on yourself. And guess what they call that, folks? That's what they call meditation. I love meditating. That, isn't focus. that what you do? You just focus within? Yes. Mm-hmm. What are you focusing on? You're focusing on you. I just focus on my breath. You're focusing on you. That's all you're focusing on. You're focusing on who you are deep inside. That's it. That's it. That's everything. (laughs) (laughs) Who are we deep inside? (laughs) We can keep going. Who are we deep inside? Yeah, we we can start going to source energy. It goes back to source energy. It does go back to source energy. So, so going back to the question that we kind of raised very early in all this, the, the the dichotomy between all of us being one. And all of us being unique individuals. I personally think that it's actually a mistake to get hung up on one or the other. I think it's a mistake to get hung up on the idea we are all one consciousness. Oh, oh, we are all one consciousness. We are all one being. Get out and live a little bit. (laughs) Don't stay there. That's not where the fun is. Be more of an individual. Think more individually. And... 
on the other side of the coin, if all you're thinking about is you, 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 individual you, 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 and nothing else, guess what? You've cut yourself off from all this great stuff that you could be realizing you're connected to already. You are connected to it. You are a part of it. You are a part and you are distinct. You are both. And what a cool gift that is. Yeah. It's great to be both. It's not like we now have to choose. You will choose between individuality or being part of the group consciousness. No, that's not the way it works. <laughs> it's not one or the other. But that's the way people often treat it, don't they? They, they treat it as yeah. if it's, you have to choose. And you must choose now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like for me, it's enough to know we're all connected to source energy. All of us. And? What's the other side of it? It's just, are we, are we choosing to focus on that or not? The other side of it is that we are individuals who get to choose what we're focusing on. Yes. We are both. Mm -hmm. We are both, which is a wonderful thing. (laughs) Hey, David, we got about uh, two and a half minutes left. Oh my goodness. I know. There it is again, flying by as usual. (laughs) Yes. But since we do have at least a couple minutes, let's do something we haven't done in the last few weeks. I want to tell everybody where they can find us. Now, many of you are listening to us right now here on PRN because that's our, our home station, if you would. Um, we're there every Thursday, 7 p.m., but that's not the only place to catch us. And we mention that because we don't want you to feel like that's the only place to listen. And if you found us in another way, like you found us through our website, net, great. You can listen to us there, too. You can actually connect to us on your iPhone or on your Android. You can subscribe to our podcast. There's a button right there on the site where you can do it. Or if you're on Facebook, you can find us on Facebook. We're in the Apple iTunes store. We're on YouTube. We're actually all over the place. The point being, don't feel like you have to limit yourself to just listening to us at one particular time. We are available anytime you want us. And by subscribing to our podcast, you can get hours and hours and hours of stuff much more than you'll ever listen to because you're doing too many fun things during your day but you know for those times where you just need some downtime and you want to have a nice positive thing to listen to that's where the beauty is of listening to our podcast so that's why i mentioned that and david tell them also about what you do because you you're a life coach and you have a really cool practice and people can participate if they're interested. yes i am actually an experienced and certified law of attraction life coach and if you want to find out more about me, you can go to law of Attract, uh, lifecoachdavid.com, lifecoachdavid.com. And I actually have a new feature now where if you want to experience a mini phone coaching session, there's a button right on the home page that says schedule your appointment here, and it takes you to a calendar, and any available time I have, you can just select, and then I will call you at that time. Very cool. David, it's been a pleasure as usual. Yes, same here, Walt. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.